Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. This is segment four with Brett Hedekin here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. What was he like as a coach with you? Did he work with you on your game? Did he have personal meetings with you guys on defense? Did he sit down and say, you know, hey, Brett, you know, here's what I think you should be looking at, or here's things I think you can improve on, or here's a drill we're going to do, or was he, was he more of a teacher at times to you? Yeah. Yeah, he was. I, I mean, I think, you know, not only did he create that environment within a locker room, I remember the first game I played uh, against the LA Kings in, my, in a Vancouver Canuck uniform. I think it was the night that Gretzky won the, the, the all-time record scoring record. He won. I was in that game. It was my first national <laughs> or first game for the Canucks. But I remember making a, a mistake early in that, that first period. And I remember three guys came in over to me in the locker room and tapped me on the shin pads. Hey, we got, we got you back. Don't worry about it. We got you. And I was like, Holy cow. As a, as a young 23 year old just gets traded in a new locker room, you know, Pat Quinn creates an environment where not only does he hold guys accountable, he also within that environment, he allows players to support one another. And it was the first time in my career that I'd ever seen what a team looks like, a real true team looks like from the inside. Even though I kind of saw it when I played against the Canucks, I could feel it being a competitor of theirs. But now I was on the inside and I got three guys coming over to me, tapping me on the shin pad after a mistake I made, lifting me up, picking me back up. So Pat Quinn created that even within me, like, hey, puts his arm around me and said, hey, buddy, I, you know, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to show you how to play defense the right way at this level to, to the guys in the locker room, Pat Mitchell. I mean, it just, those are the things that when you start to see what winning is, um, you know, it's unity and it's togetherness and those things I've, I've kept with me forever to even to this day today. Now, as you start that run in 94, everybody here in New York where I am was all about the Rangers. This is the Rangers year. The Rangers are going to do this. The Rangers are going to do that. You guys take them to a seventh game and it's tight going through that seventh game. Did you think at some point we might upset these guys? This might, we might actually ruin this whole entire thing they've put together. I mean, they remember they made that huge trade at the trading deadline, gave up a Monte, a lot of players to bring mm -hmm. in SCA type players. You guys sitting there thinking to yourself, you know, we got them in game seven. We got, we got their backs to the wall. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, winning game five, winning game six, forcing game seven. I think the two days between game six and game seven that they gave the Rangers, if you will. Um, but it, we were flying coast to coast. coast so I can yeah. see why they, yeah. they, they gave the, the two days between the game six and seven. But that game could have gone either way. I mean, Nathan Lafayette, the kid that I was traded with, with, with Jeff Brown, he hits the post with, what, 10 minutes to go in the game. Um, that could have tied the game at the time. And I think we, we had them on their backs and they have all, all that pressure that you, that you just mentioned. I mean, it, it was a Cinderella pressure. story, yeah. tremendous pressure. And you could feel it in that building and they got off to a good start. They scored first. And, um, and I think the game, uh, as it settled in, it was, you could see the confidence start to come from our team. I think we just ran out of time. You know, it's just one of those moments where that one game is like a, uh, you know, the, the game that that's it. You can't, there's not another game after this. And they, they end up scoring another goal on, on an empty net. How did Pat, the third one. How, did, how did Pat 
coach that playoffs with you to get you? Because you said to earlier here that there really wasn't a lot of talented guys. You had you had Burry, you had Trevor Linden, you had decent players in there. But how did he coach you? He built that wonderful team unity. But how did he coach you guys along into those playoffs? You know, all of a sudden you're creeping up and no one's <laughs> expecting Vancouver to be there. You know, everyone's expecting other teams. And you're just chugging along through the rounds and you wind up there. I mean, how was he able to coach you guys? Well, I don't think we were chugging along because we were down three to one against the Calgary Flames. And this is what he did. He came into the locker room that day before that game five. And he put a sheet of paper on, on the board. He said, everybody, I want you to read it. And it basically talked about these three teams at the time who had been down three to one in the opening series, opening round, round one, uh, down three to one to come back, not only to win that series, but then go on to win the Stanley Cup. And as we all read it, we all went back to our chairs and he said, what's the difference between those three teams and everybody else? And he said, uh, those, those three teams believed. He goes, I believe in this team. We're not done playing yet in this playoff series and not only in this playoff series, but I know this team can do a hell of a lot more. And I believe in you. Now it's your turn to believe in yourself to go out there and do it. Well, we win game five, game six, and game seven, all in overtime against Calgary to then. And it was, I, I always say I went in that series a boy and I came out a man on the other <laughs> side. I, and, and I'm not kidding. Yeah. It was one of the toughest seven game series I'd ever been a part of. It was a war. And a lot of times those first rounds are tough because you don't know how close you are to going all the way. If you can just get out of the first round, it's tough. And I think that was the moment that I, that changed me forever in learning how to play playoff hockey. But I think at the end of the day, we go into Dallas, we swept Dallas because we came out of a war. And then obviously the Toronto series was, was a good series. We ended up winning that and then going into a team against the Rangers who got up three to one against us again, but we didn't quit. And, and we forced a game seven and losing that game seven. So you come up short and you, and you don't win in 94, what did you take away from that whole experience? What did you learn that you didn't know about playoff hockey that time, going all the way into the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, I think it goes a little bit back to um, not only what it takes to, to go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, I, I kind of started to realize that the work it takes, the mental strength, um, the belief within the locker room, I think, is the one thing that I remember through that team that I'll never forget. I think I, I understood what the blueprint looks like now uh, of winning um, a winning environment. And it doesn't matter if it's hockey or baseball or a, a work environment. Um, winning takes people that believe in one another and are more interested in the success of a teammate than their own success. And I think that was the first time I'd ever seen that. And from that moment on, I was always chasing that feeling again within a locker room. And sure enough, I found it in Carolina in 02. And then we went in 06, four years later. But I knew that the first week I was in Carolina, that we had the same environment in Carolina that I saw for the first time in Vancouver. So what did that teach me? It taught me what the blueprint to success looks like. So you're there in 02 with the Carolina Hurricanes, you lose again. You're starting to think to yourself, Oh my God, you know, it, I've been through this twice now and I didn't win. We, we are frustrated. We are like, you know, I, I really thought we had it here. And we, was it almost like, oh, what's it going to take me to get over that hump? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, after losing that one, I thought, you know, boy, you know, maybe I'm just not good enough. 
you know, maybe I'm not that guy that's ever going to win a championship. And believe me, that went through my head. Um, but I think the one thing I did say to myself after that loss is, you know, I was an unrestricted free agent. I had other teams wanting to sign me and I, I turned them all down to stay in Carolina because I knew that I, 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 what I was always chasing was that room and that feeling again, in the locker room. And, and I had it right We're in Carolina. Why would I want to go somewhere else to chase that feeling that, that I could feel right here. And so assigning a, a long-term deal, hoping that this team would ha actually have what it took. And sure enough, four years later, we have that team. Um, so, and then we end up winning, but I will say even, Going in that game seven, I went into that seven, probably thinking that to myself. Maybe, maybe it's not me. Yeah, but I'm just going to believe in myself. I'm going to believe in my teammates and see what happens. And sure enough, we win. So euphoria in 06, you're winning. You just talked about it. What was it like for you? Was it like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable? Was it, you know, were you just speechless to yourself? Like, I can't believe this happened. I mean, were all those emotions exciting for you? Oh man. Yeah, just because, you know, you go back to that decision after the 02 finals and signing a long-term deal, believing that this was the group that could do it someday, to then going through that playoff run, and, and even not only a playoff run, I think there was times and moments in that season, and, and I always talk about this practice like midway through the year where it was a practice like I'd never seen before. Just every pass was on the tape and guys competing one-on-one -on -one and goaltenders making saves and the energy that you could feel in the practice. And I remember LaViolette pulling us all in after practice and just kind of looking at us for a minute. And the steam is coming off of all of us. And he just kind of paused and he said, if we keep practicing like we've been practicing, nobody will touch us this year. We'll win that Stanley Cup. And so we could feel something like that was happening during the course of the year. And then obviously being up three to one in the series against Edmonton in, in the Stanley Cup finals and then coming back to tie it, forcing a game seven. I remember the locker room that even that whole day of the game seven, it's just really calmness and a confidence among every guy. And uh, I, I just felt like all the work had been done. You know, you don't you don't prepare for a game seven the night before. I mean, it, it starts months. It starts in training camp, the belief and, and the connections that you make within a group and uh, the hard work that you do in practice to lead to this moment. And so that confidence of the locker room and then to finally win it. And then obviously, you know, Brindamore getting the cup from Bettman and, Bet you know, Brindamore giving it to Glenn Wesley, 20 years in the league. I remember after we scored the third goal, I come over the bench as I'm coming back and there's Glenn Wesley, tears running down. We, we did it, Hedy. You know, he's crying. 20 years, never won a Stanley Cup. And, you know, see a guy like Glenn Wesley, you know, the emotion coming out of him at that moment. And then Glenn turns and passes the cup to me. And, and so, I mean, I think that that's that moment where you just go, holy, <laughs> you know, it's like mind blowing. You just can't yeah, believe it's, it's happened. Yeah. You just don't even believe it. Cause you know, you, like you said earlier, you lost two cups and you know, maybe I wasn't that guy. And I think, I hope anybody listening, it's like, you are that person. You can do it. You just don't quit. Don't give up and, and don't stop believing that you can be that guy or gal. Or girl, or you know, kid, you're, or whatever. Whatever. You're talking about the mental aspect today. Everything is about sports analytics. They're looking at numbers and charts and graphs and everything. But a lot of guys talk about the heart, the character, the passion, the desire <clears> on the team. Um, how much of that do you think really plays into like a team upsetting somebody or somebody coming out of nowhere 
and having great success. And they're not looking about like you know, in baseball, everyone's talking about launch angles and they're talking about velocity on pitching. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it comes down to just the will to want to win. Yeah, I think, you know, the the skill and the analytics that come along with the skill, you know, are, are a part of every sport. Um, but I think when you realize, you know, what happens within a team, um, how, how you pull a group of people together to believe in one another and to, to focus more on teammate success than your own. Um, and, and the drive that ends up happening within that environment where you start pushing one another and you start supporting one another and you keep patting each other on the back and you keep saying, Hey, we got this together and we're in this together. You know, analytics are going to take you so far. And I've been on teams that had great analytics and great teams as far as skilled players, but the teams that I remember and the teams that had huge success with were not the guys that were always the most talented were the guys that understood that, Hey, I'm, I'm just a, a cog in the wheel that I'm going to support everybody else in that wheel and that we're going to turn this wheel together. And, and, and then when you have moments like that, you, boy, you realize that life can be really fun yeah. when you have success with others. And I think that's really what, you know, you hope, hopefully anybody that knows that analytics aren't everything. When did you realize it was time to hang it up? Um, you know, I, I think when you don't have that, what I call piss and vinegar (laughs) (laughs) running through your veins. Like, you know, if you play four games a week in the NHL, you need piss and vinegar running through your veins for four games, all four games of that week. Right. So when I had piss and vinegar running through my veins, two games out of four and the other two, you're like, you know, that guy gives you a shot and you're like, ah, I'll get him next week. You know, (laughs) you got to have that, that edge to you every night. And so you know, after a thousand games and, and, you know, there's, there's a moment in your life where you just go, you know, diminishing returns at this point, you know, and I think, you know, I got, I got to that stage where I was just like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to, to turn, you know, the page and start, you know, raising my kids and, you know, just being a dad and, and a husband, you know. That was segment four with Brad Hedekin here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Stay tuned for segment five. Inside the Game, brought to you by... Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. 